You're listening to the Creatively Connected Classroom Podcast, episode number 24. Welcome to the Creatively Connected Podcast from Education Closet, connecting teachers and ideas one glue stick at a time. Here's your hosts and K-12 Art Chat founders, Matt and Laura Grundler. This is Matt and Laura, and welcome to another episode of the Creatively Connected Classroom. And uh, we have a, another wonderful host, Julie Hassan. So, uh, Julie, we just want to tell you, thank you for being here with us today. And, uh, and thank you for recently hosting a K-12 Art Chat. I feel like we've known you for a while from Twitter. Um, yes. And, and, you know, you're a principal and you have a great Twitter handle with a friend of yours, The Purposeful Principles, and you've written a book, Unmapped Potential. But I want to know a little bit more about you. What's your background? How did you become a teacher? And, and what was, what was the, the point of becoming an educator? <laughs> Mostly to get away from my dog. <laughs> I'm so sorry, you guys. Stop. Something went. There's wind blowing, and our, we live in an old bungalow, and so any kind of bumper thud, they're they're going to sound the alarm, and they have. I'm so sorry. It's I, real life. I recently transitioned from my principal role to a professor, and this oh, wow. education, and I do two of my favorite things. I teach graduate students, mostly ed leadership, and I also do research. And my focus has been on teacher impact. So the kinds of things teachers say and do that makes a lasting impact on people's lives. Yeah. So I've had to um, be out on my own without my professional soul sister, Missy Leonard, for a little while. She's doing her own passion projects and, and it's it's taken some courage to be out without her, but we still talk every day. That's awesome. That's great. Well, and your new, your passion project, I think, I mean, I could be wrong, but this whole idea of chalkboards and chances, tell us about that because it, to me, that's really exciting. But it started really as a research project and potentially was going to be an article. I decided if I wanted to know what makes a lasting impact on students, I needed to talk to people who have once been students and they're not hard to find. (laughs) They're everywhere. (laughs) And I think in educational research, we tend to talk amongst ourselves. So this was an opportunity to talk to strangers. And I put myself at like farmer's markets, craft fairs, city parks, big college campuses with just a sign that said, let's chat about a teacher you remember. And I think at this point, I have almost 300 stories. And I realized they were so um, validating and beautiful that I needed to share them with other teachers. So that became the Chalk and Chances blog. It was hard to name the blog. So I had to think about what tools did the teachers use who inspired me? And really, they used a whole lot of chalk and gave me a whole lot of chances. <laughs> so that became <laughs> the project. But it's taken on a life of its own. It, there's a TED Talk coming out. I think next week it will be um, out on the, the TED channel and on YouTube, hopefully. So it just keeps growing and evolving. But it's been professionally so rewarding and so validating. I can imagine. Do you think you'll write a book about it? Uh, There's a book proposal in the works. Now that you know the distance between a proposal and a book is a long haul. (laughs) We do know that. that. (laughs) That's the hope and the dream. But right now it's just in the proposal stage. 
That's awesome. I guess, you know, I think a lot, and I'm sure Matt does too, about all the teachers that had, I mean, not only our parents as teachers, um, you were just saying a minute ago before we went on to the record that your daughter's becoming a teacher. Yes, she's um, the fourth generation in our family. So this is a wow. teaching family for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and we are also from teaching families, yes. which I think is very interesting. But do you have a particular teacher that made an impact on your life and, and your role as an educator? I do. Um, there's so many, but the one I always talk about is Nancy Russell. She was my first grade teacher. I'm, I was diagnosed with dyslexia in first grade, so I had a really hard time learning to read. And I think if she hadn't been so patient and so flexible, I would see myself differently as a learner. But because she was confident and patient and she used this multi-sensory approach, I saw myself as a reader and a learner despite all those challenges. And when I became a principal and again, felt very anxious and and unprepared, she was on my first faculty. So I got to be (laughs) her principal, which was amazing because she's the best teacher ever. So Nancy seems to come into my life every time I need her most. There she is. So Nancy Russell, for sure. Yeah. That's great. Wow. I, well, and, and I also find it interesting. So I was also diagnosed with dyslexia in first grade. Matt has ADHD. I wonder how many educators, do you ever talk to educators that, that were maybe also inspired by their learning challenges? Yeah. And I think it's an opportunity for us as teachers when a child struggles. I mean, it's easy to teach a kid who has no apparent struggles. But when a child struggles, we have the potential to either make that child feel confident and capable despite those challenges, or we can show frustration and make that child feel less confident and capable. It's such an opportunity for a teacher to help a child overcome and persist and feel good about themselves despite whatever struggles they're facing. And I think for my daughter as a teacher who had some challenges academically, she'll be a better teacher because she understands what that feels like. Yeah. And I I think that's true for you guys, right? Oh, absolutely. I, well, dyslexia and ADHD runs in families and our oldest son um, is diagnosed with both. (laughs) He got both of us. So um, in fact, he and I were talking about that in a car yesterday. You know, teachers' kids often have to go to events with teachers. And so he was going to our visual arts scholastic event with me yesterday. Uh, Yeah. And, um, And I were just talking about it and he was saying something about he hates the word disability. And I said, yeah, I'm not really keen on that word either. I don't see it as a disability. I, I had a great mother who was a teacher who always taught me it wasn't a disability, that it was something that was going to make me a better human being. And so he goes, yeah, I think, I think I understand things differently than other kids. Like I, I, and I said, yeah, so, you know, think about how you can use that to help people, whatever you decide to do. I said, you'd be a great teacher, but you can do whatever, you know, you want to do. I mean, and um, I definitely think that that it has its own challenges though when you're teaching sometimes. <laughs> um, old, day when, old days when we had chalk, there were times where I, I mean, my, one of my big things about my dyslexia is I just leave out whole letters out of mm-hmm. words. And I'm, and some kid will say, Hey, miss, is that spelled right? right? But no, no, it's not. I was just seeing if you were paying attention, kid. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I remember, you know, I mean, being a teacher 
of former elementary, it, it helped me, especially once, once I realized my, my disability, my struggle, mm-hmm. you know, I then was able to clue in on those students a lot easier and it, yeah. and it made it, it made it so much easier. And I'm like, Oh, I get it now. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see where you're coming from. There. <laughs> I know what you're dealing with, right? Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Me too. And I always taught primary grades, which is when I struggled. So I think there's some empathy there that we bring to teaching that people who always were strong academically have a harder time tapping into. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about the word persistence too. You know, a lot of times I'll hear, because I I taught high school and I've been out of the classroom for a while now, but I still have, I have kids, former students of mine that are, you know, in professional world now and they'll connect with me and whatnot. And those kids that found school very easily, a lot of them said that they struggled some when they got to college or they struggled in the professional world because they hadn't had to persevere as much. It, it just came so easily. So I also thought that that was interesting that some of them reached, you know, when we would visit about things, you know, that, you know, they would say things like school was always so easy, but when I, when I got to university or I got my first job, I struggled and I didn't, I didn't know how to handle that. Yeah, it it builds that muscle in us of having to persist despite a challenge. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any resources that you recommend to young teachers or beginning teachers for um, helping struggling learners? I think as new teachers, they tend to rely on the models of the teachers they had. Mm-hmm. which is great if if you're like me and you have Nancy Russell. I, mean, <laughs> I say call up those models and think about what those teachers said and did that worked for you, that made an impact on you. And that's a great place to start. Start embodying those kinds of words and actions that you experienced as a student and never forget to look at things from a student lens. Mm-hmm. I think our young teachers do that. They, they do that pretty um, naturally and, and systematically. Well, I, f- I find that really interesting that you said that because it made me think of the uh, Austin Cleon thought philosophy of, you know, basically try other people's methods until you kind of find your own. And, you know, eventually yeah. it'll just it'll mold become itself, yours because yeah. yeah. it'll become your own way. So yeah. I find that really interesting. I've been reading about that notion of it. What is a teacher persona? And it mm-hmm. is those things that we are as people paired with who we are as professionals and how we develop this unique teacher persona Mm -hmm. over time when we see how our students respond to us and when we reflect on what works and what doesn't. But it's fun in my role. I get to go out and see some undergraduates in the field and to watch them try to develop Mm -hmm. their own unique teacher persona as they work with students out in classrooms is is a really fun thing to witness. I think in my role, it's, it's even, I get, I get the, the benefit of over time because I, you know, this is my fifth year working with art teachers in in a coordinator role. And I've had the privilege of hiring some really amazing young first year teachers and getting to see them develop and grow, you know, by the time they hit year three, it's like when they're starting to get to their find that persona, like, you know, kind of like what Matt said, they've been trying on all these different 
styles and they've been mm-hmm. trying different methods and they'll, you know, I, I try to take them out and see other teachers teach and connect with people. Obviously we're big into connections, <laughs> right, um, right. but, but it's just, it's a really beautiful thing when you see somebody really hit that. I found my yeah. voice as a teacher, I guess mm-hmm. is the way I would say it. It is so cool. They sort of come into their own. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wow. And they own that classroom, you know? Yes. I will never forget. I had a first year teacher and I'd gone out to visit her and she was teaching fourth graders and it was a little bit of a mess, <laughs> which is typical in an art room, but she just, the classroom management piece she was really struggling with. And I don't know, I would normally not do this in an observation, but I, I just kind of was up moving around talking to kids anyways. And I turned to the teacher and I said, do you mind if I model something for you? And I just, <laughs> I, I went right back into my teacher voice. Mm-hmm. I got all the kids into a, okay, we're moving forward with this. We're all on the same page. And the teacher looked at me and she goes, how? In the world, <laughs> you, know that? you don't even know them. You don't even know them. And I said, well, you just, you find, it's, it's very true. You have your, I, I don't know what that is. I, right. But you come to you come into it, don't you? And sometimes it's as simple as I'll see a brand new teacher asking things as questions that shouldn't be questions. Mm-hmm. Like yes. would could everybody please sit down? No, that's not a question. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not negotiable. It's yes. down now. Yeah. But you're right. A little bit of what was going on. Yeah. Was like, oh, yes. this, and I turned to her and I said, This is your classroom. Exactly. You know, you kind of have to demand this, a little bit of this is your domain and they have to they have to follow your expectations, you right. know, and, and it's been really nice. I've seen, I was talking to that teacher's principal the other day and she was just saying how much she's grown and how wonderful she's doing. And it just, it's, that's the coolest thing. I would love to be in your position as a professor and be able to work with, with the newbies because <laughs> it's just, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. And they're so idealistic and they're so excited that, you know, you just hope that they hang on to that as they move through the years and, and, and hope that they stay at the way we're going right now. I think 50% of them, I read that we are losing 50% of our new teachers in the first five years, which mm-hmm. is, it's just scary. It's devastating. Don't have the numbers to replace them, especially in things like art, mm-hmm. where you make such an impact. And I will say that in creativity, I, you know, I work with, um, I know a lot of different people with job likes like mine in the Metroplex and in Texas. And, um, there's not a lot of us actually, I'll say that. I mean, fine arts directors, I guess, but not all of us are art specific. Some of them are music, some of them are, um, theater, that kind of thing, but we are struggling to find fine art, fine arts teachers, Mm -hmm in especially your larger more urban districts like right. Dallas ISD they they have job vacancies that can go a whole year because right. there's just not enough coming out and as you said i mean so many are leaving the profession how how do we prevent that burnout what can we do to help it's kind of, it feels kind of scary and overwhelming, doesn't it? Because you yeah. see this issue and it's growing and you think, what could I possibly do? And when I asked myself that, I thought, well, I can collect these stories and share stories and say to people, you do make a difference. I have evidence that what you're doing is important and makes a difference. So I think we all just have to see what we can do in our own way, in our own little corner and put it out there and hope that enough drops in a bucket fill it up. Yeah. But you guys do that by connecting people. 
all the time. I mean, I think that is such an important part of resilience, what you do by making sure that people are connected to a positive network of other educators. You do it beautifully. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, we really believe in it. And I, I think Matt can attest to that more than I can about why it's so important. I mean, you know, coming from the elementary, you see you see your students for anywhere between five to six years, you know, back to back. And you you hope that you inspire them and you think you do. And then they leave and then you don't really hear a whole lot about them. Uh, one of the things that my elementary school did before I left was they would have a senior night where the the seniors who were getting ready to graduate would come back to their elementary school, talk, you know, talk with all their friends and all that kind of stuff. I've had two that have really stood out that I've, I've realized I made the impact on them. And they wrote, they wrote me a letter They, you know, and I had a chance to have a conversation with one and this kid is going in, he had a, he had a lot of challenges, like learning challenges. And he, um, he's going into college for art and he's like, Hey, I, you know, do you want to see my sketchbook? And I said, yeah, sure. He goes, you, you always told me that an artist should always carry a sketchbook because they never know when inspirational hit. Right. And that was something I had told him probably first or second grade. Yeah. He remembers your words. That's amazing. And that's like what almost over a decade later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's telling you exactly what you said to him. I mean, that's a a lasting impact. That's so so cool. And I think if we know what makes an impact like that, we can do more of it. Yeah. Yeah. We just need to figure out what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, at the very beginning, you were talking about your teacher who made an impact on you. Was there a particular project or was there a particular thing that helped you or helped her to make a bigger impact on you? Hey there, it's Susan from Education Closet. Did you hear the big news, my friend? The Arts Integration Certification Program is open for enrollment. This is only open once per year and only until March 15th. If you've ever thought about expanding your skills in arts integration or maybe even a career change, be sure to check out this program. And this year, we have something new. You can choose to either take the program with a cohort of others online or totally independently at your own time and pace. For all the details and to apply, head on over to educationcloset.com forward slash certification. Now, let's get back to the conversation. I think she loved to read and she did a lot of reading out loud to us, um, brought so many books into the classroom that I longed to be able to read because of her passion. Mm-hmm. So, I, And I'm now it's my favorite thing to do a day with a book is, is golden. <laughs> I remember her reading a book by Bird Baylor called Everybody Needs a Rock. I don't know if you, you guys remember that book. It was in the 70s, which you know, <laughs> was when I was in first grade. But as her principal one day was walking through classrooms and I walked into her room and she was doing a geology lesson and she had kids on the rug and she was reading that book. I remember sitting down by her kids and I got to listen to her read that story again. And all I could do is look, you know, left and right and want to say, you guys are so lucky. (laughs) But I think it's anytime we bring our passion into the classroom, her passion for books, your passion for art, it 
kids grab onto that. It inspires them. It's contagious. And especially for those kids who have some tendency toward whatever our passion is and want to share it with us, that's an impact. That's huge. Well, I think too, it's so funny. I was just sitting here thinking about my mom. (laughs) (laughs) My mom was an economics, AP micro macro economics teacher and a history buff. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. And she ended up with art. And I became yeah. an art person. I was say, but, my mom was home economics and I don't cook or sew. <laughs> so, so I get where you're coming from, Laura. But, but I will say, you know, I think a lot, uh, my mom has been passed away about 12 years and there are times where I will get Facebook messages from her former students. Mm-hmm. And what I hear often about my mother, and I actually had the privilege of being in her AP comparative government test or class. Wow. Yeah. Um, and at the time when you're 17, 16, 17, <laughs> you're embarrassed as all get out to be in your mother's class. Um, now I look at it, I'm like, gosh, what an honor that was. But she was very authentic. I mean, there was nothing about my mother that wasn't just... She's pretty straightforward. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. Well, the fact that she tried to give you a ring after you've been dating, what, six weeks? My mother tried to give her. She knew right away. It was so funny. She's like, I've got a ring for you. And I'm like, (laughs) but she was very straightforward, but very authentic and a very loving in her own strange way in the classroom. And, you know, she had the, she did mock trial and she did, um, the academic team and those kids, you know, this was a different day and age, but they would come to our house all the time. And I remember even being in her class that she would, she, sh- there wasn't like a solid line between mom as a teacher, mom as a human, mom as a mom, you right. know, it was, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And I share everything about my life. And I'm a real person, just like you guys in this class. And sometimes she overshared, <laughs> I, I will be honest. Um, that's but, a high school danger. We don't do that as much in elementary. No, no, no it's definitely thing. a high school thing. She had 11th and 12th graders. Mm-hmm. But I, I will say that that is the number one thing I hear when people tell me memories of my mom is how much they appreciated her authenticity and how mm-hmm. they appreciated that she shared her ups and downs and her struggles and everything, you know, it was the real deal. I mean, when mom was getting her master's degree in micro macroeconomic education, (laughs) she really struggled. She was, she also was a struggling learner. And so she would tell her kids in that AP class, you know, this is hard stuff. I struggled through it and Mm -hmm. we're going to struggle through it together. And if we've got to do it over and over and over. We'll do it over and over and over until until you've actually mastered mastered this, you know. And I think that that was something in just thinking about new teachers too. Is that you know a lot of times we get to this, we've just got to cover content, you know. We've got to cover the content. We've got to get through the calendar. We've got to do. It. And when I see a really good teacher, what I see is taking out the time to really assess. And understand, have they learned it? Have they mastered it? Can I move on or do I need to reteach? And, um, you know, there's just so much there about these, these teachers that have made an impact on our lives, you know, that it's, 
there's so many components and so many facets. I, this week we heard a, a public person, public figure say that teachers are losers. Yes, I heard and, that too. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I won't go into anything political no. about that. I'm just saying yeah. that, that's hard to hear. It is hard know? to hear. It really is. And I feel like our profession in so many ways is has been attacked yeah. You know, oh, yeah, politically, economically, and in lots of ways um, over time. And so part of our job is to find ways to elevate it and to share ways that teachers make this big, important impact that, you know, I wouldn't want to grow up in a world without great teachers. I think the the fear of that, it, it's a scary thing to think we're at such a point of a critical teacher shortage and that we're, we're losing them. And so we have to find ways to highlight the important work that we do. And I think for people like your mom, you know, some of what we do is just model by the way we live our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, she, oh, she was a model for them in, you know, work ethic and character and being who you truly are. And those things speak volumes outside of any curriculum we teach. I would, yeah. yeah, I was just thinking about well, staff. I, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, my dad was the same way. Um, and your mom Laura, too, but, no, but we had the honor of hearing your well, dad's we got students a, talk to him. Wow. Um, we had... Owen was like three, three four. or four. So um, it's been about 10 years. Yeah, so we had the opportunity to go. My dad was getting ready to retire, uh, retire yeah. from coaching and teaching, and he had been teaching almost 30 years. And, wow. and he taught high school uh, physical science. And so that that's where I get my love of being able to pull art and science together and show yes. you know, why why they connect the way they do. And I didn't think it was at the time, but I do see it. <laughs> His dad is awesome because like um, we'll be in Arizona and he's like, these rocks are made by Yeah. And um, our son loves hanging out with him because he gets like this whole lesson about <laughs> the environment and and it, and Matt does that beautifully, and it it definitely you can tell where the science comes into the art room. And so yeah. we got a chance to go to this banquet where they were honoring my dad, and he had all of his former athletes slash students slash you know opened opened our house to these kids Same. who were struggling, you know, going through high school, hitting these struggles, and you know, was there stand-in dad if they didn't have a dad or was there and your mom too yeah i mean (laughs) there there are wrestlers (laughs) there are wrestlers still that are probably in their 40s and 50s that you know my dad coached that still call my mom mrs grandma they they basically saw her as a mom and this is really well it it was again it was a little bit of a different time one of the things that i loved hearing was he would take the boys (laughs) on this epic bike ride from Um, from phoenix to san diego so basically oh my goodness over the summer bike ride yeah and they were on 10 speeds they were on the you know the old school 10 speeds that yeah the super skinny tires and he would take them for like two days three days bike ride to all the way to san diego and And the parents would follow like in the van there would be like one well that really didn't happen until later but yeah (laughs) they would they would go in this big pack there would be like a pack of probably 40 kids 40 high school well actually about 30 high school kids that were all riding 10 speeds and it it was a good team building exercise because they all had to look after each other and they were all you know making sure 
So it was... Well, it makes me think about like, and I don't know what you think about this, Julie, but rites of passage for for teachers and kids. Like, I feel like that that's something that's missing a little bit sometimes from our, our educational system is not having time for those things that we don't have enough time to say look at what you just accomplished. Yeah. Look at this, this, you know, even when I was at the middle school as an assistant principal, I, I don't believe in eighth grade graduation. It's just my own thing. I'm like, you're not really graduating. I don't want the kids to think you're done, you know, but um, it's all downhill now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But you're making a transition. You're, you're transitioning to high school. So we always had a, I, I put together a ceremony where we had this transition, you know, where the kids would go under a balloon arch, basically, they would go from their middle school colors to now they were Clark Cougars at the high school. And now that you're red and you're Cougar. And I wanted them to have something to say, I've made this transition. I have, I have completed this part and I'm moving on to the next part. And I, I just think, you know, things like what Matt's dad did, or, you know, things like what my mom would do with the academic team, those things are the things that I think help us as educators stay connected. Yeah. And, and rem- because we're not going to always be able to see that kid 30 years from now mm-hmm. and hear those stories about remembering why you carry a sketchbook, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. It, so we have to build in some things that, that make us excited. Um, it's and, true. Yeah, or, I think. Or the kid that decides to become an art teacher based oh, on your... Yeah. <laughs> I have a but couple that are teachers now. So because you're... Is there anything better anyone could say to you than I became a teacher because of you? Because There's you. nothing I better than imagine that. imagine anything better. <laughs> yeah. I was doing some reading on something called self-defining moments. And your examples are interesting because they fit right in. So <laughs> one type... And there are a few different types, but one type is called... Um, guiding directives. So it's like words that we hear our teachers say, and then they become words to live by. Like you always carry your sketchbook, right? (laughs) But the other kind is sort of more symbolic. So we take something that our teacher said or did or some event that happened and we ascribe some meaning to that. And it becomes a, a moment that we carry throughout our lives. And I think transitions are prime spots for having those symbolic kinds of of self-defining moments yeah. and giving kids time to reflect on what does this mean? How, yep. what is the impact of this moment on my life? Yeah. You guys give the best examples. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to quote you in the book proposal. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be happy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we can't, we've got all kinds of great book ideas, but we have a hard time actually getting them written down. <laughs> I can totally relate to that. Totally relate. Oh my gosh. Oh, goodness. Um, well, I mean, to say this conversation hasn't been enjoyable, it, it, it really has. It's been I'm smiling from ear to ear yeah. right now. Just, and it's like all these lovely memories about all these wonderful people that have Helped us get to us. where we yeah. are, you know. And I loved hearing yeah. about your moms and dads. <laughs> you know, I, I, I knew that you came from parents who are educators, but it's so amazing to hear about them and and to get some details. So you know, I hope you guys will do some writing about your parents because I think that would inspire a lot of people. You know, um, you said that the words my my mother and actually her students had this T-shirts made 
Um, my mom ended every class. She wouldn't let the kids leave the classroom without saying, make good choices. <laughs> like every single class period, every single day. That was my mom's mantra when they left her classroom. You leave here and you make good choices. Yeah. Um, and I know that I said that quite frequently when I was <laughs> Because I had heard it so much. And I know she's not the only one. That, it's not like her her phrase. But when I think of my mom and I think of teaching, I think of that, make good choices. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's not like that has anything to do with economics or history, but it was life. It, it was life. And that's, life. she knew they were going to leave her classroom out to the world and they were going to be confronted with choices to make. And yeah. she hoped that they would make good ones. So. And that- you know, you have to think a little deeply about that too, because what it says to students is, I care about what, what you're, you're doing. going to do when you leave my classroom, and I want you to be safe, and I want you to make decisions that are going to put you in a position where you'll be content and you'll be successful. It communicated to her kids that she cared about them beyond them as just academic learners, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And that's powerful. Yeah. I don't know that I'll ever be who my mother was, but I think uh, I say that all the time to you. (laughs) If I I have friends who say I don't want to grow up to be like my mom, and I think if I could just be half of my mom as a mother and a teacher, I would be in really good stead. (laughs) I I could not agree more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So at the end of our little discussions, we always like to ask if you have any parting words of wisdom for our listeners. We've gone all over the gamut. Um, <laughs> and, and like Matt said, we've had such a, a lovely, heartwarming, <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm almost in tears kind of conversation. And uh, just curious what your words of wisdom would be for the for the listeners today. I would say to all my educator colleagues, all my peeps, you what you do makes a, a difference, a big lasting difference. I talked to a woman a few months ago, she's 85 years old and she had the most clear, beautiful memories of her high school speech teacher. And that's seven decades. So do not doubt that what you do makes a difference. I always say I have the data to support that. I do. Um, I have a, a bunch of qualitative data that suggests that the things we do and say make a difference. No one ever mentions test scores when they tell me about the impact a teacher had. So just know some of those short-term things that are distractions are just that. They, they can get in the way of what's really important. So focus on your students, notice what they need, um, take the time to respond to those needs, and they will never forget that. Yeah. Oh, wow. On that note, wow! All the feels. That's right. Go get him. I'm so excited. I'm like, I want to go teach tomorrow. Yeah, like the Rocky theme. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you, Julie. We really appreciate it. I'm so glad to hear your voices and get to talk to you. I know. It's like it's the weirdest thing being Twitter friends and and Facebook friends and having all these awesome people that we know all around the world and then very rarely ever getting to like see faces and talk. So it's it's this we love doing the podcast because it's this great experience and it's an extension you know it's really what the the people in the pln were asking for they're like you have these amazing hosts on the chat and we don't feel like we, we get to feel, know them yeah and we want to know them and so, so that's how you yeah. do it well so. i appreciate you doing that for me and for everybody out there 
Well, thank you so thank much. You again, Shirley. So, Can't wait welcome. to talk to you again soon. Yes, I hope everything is great at your house this week. Yes, <laughs> we so <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Bye, Bye. Heads up, seven up, friends. If you've been enjoying these episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Creatively Connected Classroom podcast. You'll get a notification every time we release a new episode each and every week. And Take a screenshot and put it on your favorite social media, Twitter, Insta, Facebook, you name it. Tag Education Closet and K-12 Art Chat so we can reach out and say thanks. And if you really love us with all the feels, give us a review and or a rating over on iTunes. It helps others find the show and connect with our incredible community. Thanks for all your support.